Hello and welcome to Explore, the University of Exeter's podcast with me, Cam Taylor. And on today's episode, I speak to Raphael Dennett, the Deputy Director and Lecturer at our Centre for Entrepreneurship. And I talk to him about the rise of TikTok startups and the impact that this has had on the entrepreneurship landscape. Good afternoon, Raphael. How are you doing? I'm, I'm well, thank you. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm feeling good. Feeling good. Thank you for joining our podcast this afternoon on, on TikTok startups. <laughs> Question to you, sort of reflecting on this lockdown period, an increasing amount of young people have found commercial success through the platform. Why do you think this is? Well, I think it's kind of a, a bit of a sign of the times. Um, you know, it's a time of great upheaval and change. Um, and actually, every time there is a, a real um, increase in, in the rate of change within our society, there's usually a corresponding increase in kind of opportunities and innovation. Some of that's kind of forced opportunity taking or, or looking for new opportunities because it feels insecure. Um, but it's often said that opportunity is found in the cracks caused by change. So for entrepreneurs, um, we're really excited when things get weird and start changing and moving around because we think, aha, disruption, yay, we can go and find these great new opportunities. So I think there's a just an a, um, increased awareness that this kind of uh, these new levels of uncertainty, the perceived increased speed of the sort of the change of life, and um, has made people realise that certainty and security are, they're going to be scarce for quite a few years. Um, so people are kind of looking to open up their options and create new paths to income. And kind of that's where TikTok and other platforms like Instagram as well, but TikTok seems to have really um, started a new style. And they've kind of come a, a bright lantern um, that people are flocking to uh, for examples of success stories. And there's kind of two sides to these success stories that we see. One is due to the massive reach of these platforms, gl- global reach really, um, that never before have people been able to get their ideas and products in front of such a huge number of people so easily, if you like. But there is another side that people maybe don't see as easily, and that is that there's still an algorithm involved, um, which means that you get shown what you want to see, and this can kind of result in an over-amplification and amplified uh, presentation of just how easy that that is. Um, And essentially, yes, there are many, many more people having increased success on TikTok and other platforms, but they are still a pretty small percentage compared to with the numbers who are attempting to find success on these platforms. What do you think, just touching upon TikTok as a, as a platform, you sort of mentioned Instagram as well. I guess Facebook and Instagram have been around more longer or at least been more prominent for a longer time than TikTok has. What do you think t- makes TikTok more unique in comparison to those platforms? I think TikTok's algorithm, algorithm was set up kind of as a reaction to Instagram um, you know, Facebook traditionally is supposed to be focused around your existing friend group. So it was quite, it, it wasn't small, but it was trying to think small. It was trying to say, these are your real friends and just talk to them and show them stuff. And then Instagram came along and said, right, now come and show your best to the world. You know, your best photographs, your best stories, your best holidays, whatever. And it came about sort of presenting this 
really shiny version of your life. And I think TikTok kind of turned it on its head and said, let's actually look at day to day. Let's look at the mundane. Let's look at the crafting. Let's look at the dancing. Let's look at just stuff that you're doing every day, funny stuff. And that was part of its success, I think. We'd, everyone had got a bit fed up with kind of the Instagram fakery, as it's called. And I'm not saying TikTok isn't fake too, but um, I think people just really, especially during lockdown, they enjoyed seeing what other people were doing in lockdown as well. Um, and it kind of felt like a, a, a little bit more human, um, which is... On sometimes is good, but it's probably also deceiving on a different level. And what do you do? You think this human side to this human face of TikTok? How do you think this has influenced the entrepreneurship landscape? Well, I think on one side it's kind of democratized entrepreneurship, and that's something that we're really, really seeing within entrepreneurship is that so many more people are considering entrepreneurship is something that is relevant to them and because we're seeing all these people um kind of doing entrepreneurship on tiktok and places like that we all start thinking well i could do that you know i i could i could sell hand-bound books or you know handmade knives or whatever and we sort of can see ourselves for the first time and that's quite exciting but at the same time it also perpetuates some of the very old misconceptions about entrepreneurship um you know on one hand we do generally have, a, you know, it gives anyone a chance to reach out to a global network of people and present your idea, etc. And that is an incredible opportunity. Uh, but on the other hand, entrepreneurship has always had the issue that it's only really the success stories that gain attention. Uh, it's almost a celebrity culture. You think about Richard Branson, you think about Elon Musk. We hear about them because we all wish we could have that level of success. And, and, and it's kind of a human trait, really. We want to believe that that is something that anyone can do, and we aspire to it, if you like. So um, there is almost the same celebrity culture with within sort of the TikTok, uh, where we look at these really successful entrepreneurs and we pedestal them and we say, ah, oh, I wish I could become one of them as well. But the difference is with this platform, and it's possibly even more seductive, really, is that these new celebrity entrepreneurs are just like you and me and so even more people are looking at it and saying that could be me uh, and it sounds exciting and you know we think yeah just a few days of posting the right content and I'm going to be a millionaire I'm you know and it, it's really exciting um, and you know that level of motivation is good on some levels but I think it needs looking at in a way that is actually healthy and and in a way that actually we can bring out the good sides of the platform. It's an interesting point because it sort of made me reflect on my own. <laughs> I think I've fallen into the trap when I first got the app thinking perhaps if I, you know, to try and start my own TikTok dance, I could become an influencer, so to speak. And it's interesting because you also touched upon the algorithm sort of providing a bit of a misconception and an idea that perhaps it's easier than it looks to become famous on a platform such as TikTok. Do you think, do you think this is dangerous? Do you think it sort of feeds into this idea that I know quite a lot of young people have that you can become rich quite quickly? Yeah, I think it, it's, a, it's a fundamental human trait. I think it's kind of built into our societies and it's something that, you know, capitalism is, is built on, really. Um, you know, going back before even that, there's kind of this idea that as long as the little people you know, the average person can aspire to hope 
that I could fall into riches one day. You know, maybe I could marry the prince and just be rich overnight. Or maybe I could, you know, become a nobleman or whatever it is, become a, you know, knighted by the king. There's always been these aspirational stories that say that maybe by luck or acts of great, you know, honour, maybe I can also become that aspirational figure. And they've been such important figures of our, uh, of our culture because what it does is it gives people hope but it also stops them trying to improve kind of the, the real day to day if you like so it's been quite important I think one of the big messages that needs to be put out about these sort of TikTok success stories is that the huge percentage of them and this is true in other forms of entrepreneurship uh, across the world is the vast majority of it is either attributed to luck just complete and utter luck which is fine um, or often there's a huge invisible backstory of hard work, um, you know, and, and, you know, you look at any of the sort of big figures that we talk, you know, talk about Steve Jobs, for example, um, you know, he worked very hard to even get the knowledge he had about computing. And then it was really tough. He got fired from Apple. Um, you know, people didn't believe in him. Uh, he happened to come along just as computing technology was hitting a point of explosion. So that's luck. Uh, but then it was also hard work. And then he got fired and then he stuck to his guns and said, no, I do believe in design. And then he got asked back in and then he took a risk with the new types of computers with colours and stuff. And, you know, that could have gone either way. But ultimately, the thing that got him there was was luck being in the right place at the right time. But it was also that belief in something. And I think those are the two things that are really important for an entrepreneur, because on one side, you need to be ready to use luck. And that's something that I don't think is said enough, is that there is luck, there, there is opportunity, there is those uh, things you don't expect to happen that do happen. You know, for example, for me, um, one of my best businesses, actually, was I sat next to someone on a train, an older gentleman who wanted to retire. And after some conversation and, and, and talking for a few weeks, he asked if I would like to buy his half of a business. And and I did. And it turned out to be very profitable for me and, and, and really worked out well. But for me, I, I was only because I was sat next to him on the train. Now, I could edit that story and I could say, I bought half of a plastics company and I made you know thousands of pounds from it and not tell the bit where I happened to meet the guy who already owned it and trust me enough to buy half of it. So I think it's really important we get the whole story. Um, and I think the other thing is, is that we then also put in this thing about caring. And I, I think that's where I think entrepreneur, entrepreneurship is really changing its face, um, or it sh certainly should as well. And that's something at Exeter we're really trying to do, is to move entrepreneurship away from just thinking about you know money, get rich quick, um, and instead, I say, what can we do? What are the impacts we can have? How can we create some 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 solutions? And I think in an age of increasingly automated and kind of algorithmic content, we're all craving real content, you know, real stories, the human side of things, real human experiences, struggles, passions, causes and com uh, communities. And I think the more companies and businesses that focus on those things will be successful. So I think these platforms like TikTok can promote those stories, but we need to make sure that we're sharing the whole story. Really fascinating, uh, fascinating points. I guess 
in comparison to perhaps some of the figures you mentioned, such as Steve Jobs, <laughs> and even yourself as a successful entrepreneur, um, many of these TikTok stars are relatively early on into their mm. entrepreneur career. Can you see their success as being sustainable long term? I mean, from my perspective as an educator, I suspect that it, there will be some level of success from it in the sense that they will learn a huge amount. Whether it continues in a smooth flow of continual money making from, you know, the age of 17 to 60, getting richer and richer, I highly doubt it. But that doesn't mean that they won't use that experience for the better. Um, but I think one of the things that TikTok does is it, tr it helps to expose what people want, what, what people really want. Uh, you know, it can be difficult to work out past the algorithm what that is, but it, it is largely quite raw content. And we've seen that market research and focus groups, etc., have proven to be extremely unreliable measures of market trends and appetites. And that's getting less and less accurate. So companies are really desperate to really understand what makes people tick. And I think these platforms help to show what people are responding to in real time. Um, but what it really is, saying, as, as I just said, really, is, is exposing that it's really important for people to believe in something. And I think that's where, where people can go wrong. Um, we need to be caring about something. That's what people are usually responding to. Um, there was a statistic I saw the other day from a study that suggested that um, the movement of entrepreneurship is moving more and more mainstream. And it's estimated that over 50% of UK workers will be working a side hustle uh, by 2030. Uh, we're already at over 40% at the moment. So that's a huge number of people who are doing something sort of entrepreneurial on the side. So we need to be training everyone. I mean, I would say that as an entrepreneurship educator, but I really do think that entrepreneurial skills and mindset now are relevant to everyone. And a very high percentage of startups do fail and, and you know, TikTok startups are, are no exception. But usually that isn't because it wasn't a good idea. It wasn't because it wasn't a product that could sell. Most of the time it's because people haven't been given the skills that are needed to work in an entrepreneurial way. They're not ready, if you like. They, they, they see it as one way, the kind of the celebrity idea. But once they get into it, they realise that actually there's a whole different path open to them. And, and some people just don't aren't ready for it. On that, there's often a, a fear of failure a fear of doing something and not getting it right and then automatically assuming that that's it, you know, mm. Mm. of being afraid to, to take another, another step. Do you, do you think there's going to be, you know, looking ahead at entrepreneurship and startups, do you think there's going to be more demand for these skills? Absolutely. We're already seeing it. Um, you know, the number one desirable trait, according to UCAS in graduate students, is problem solving now. Um, that wasn't even on the list five years ago. Now it's the number one trait because it's not just startups that are changing. It's not just that, you know, small little people are starting business. The whole of all industries are changing. Um, you know, for example, the higher education industry, uh, originally the government estimated there was going to be a 10 year transition between uh, f fully on campus teaching to hybrid online teaching. 
And now they've said, well, we've pretty much already done that. And now we want this full digital ecosystem up and running within two to three years. You know, that's a massive acceleration. And that's happening in pretty much every industry, everyone you could possibly think of, even things like law, you know, they're, they're all changing. So these skills are more and more in demand because there is no such thing as, as a stable, secure company anymore. They're all constantly having to reinvent themselves, think about what tomorrow is going to bring. How can I, you know, find a new competitive advantage, etc.? So, um, yeah, I think these skills are completely essential for pretty much every graduate. But I would say that. <laughs> <laughs> no bias there, clearly. <laughs> None at all. How has it? How has these emerging trends impacted your your research and your teaching specifically? Mm. I think because I've got quite an unusual background as an educator, I, I studied business management and then I started a business while I was still doing my degree and then I started a series of businesses and then I got back into higher education as an entrepreneur in residence and then I started doing a bit more mentoring of startups and then I did some teaching and now slowly I've transitioned into a full lecturer of entrepreneurship. But that means that I moved into education not because necessarily research in the sense of published research but more what I would say you know real life research in the sense that lived experience and that is that I was seeing the growth of entrepreneurship but the problem that people weren't ready for entrepreneurship people weren't skilled up for entrepreneurship and I think the problem goes back to our education system which was essentially created for an industrialized economy you know it's creating people who were uh, good employees, they were productive, they were obedient, they were able to replicate the same task over and over again in a predictable manner. And that's what our education system is designed for. It says, here is an exam that we already know what the answers to the exam are going to be, but do you? So let's put you in a room and see if you can come up with the answers we've already given you. And in there is there is almost no room in our in our education system for creative problem solving, lateral thinking, creativity, you know, all those kinds of things just aren't encouraged within the education system. And that means that we've got a lot of people who are very good at doing things that AI and machine learning are good at doing. And not very many people who are good at doing what humans are very good at doing, which is, you know, dealing with the unexpected and problem solving. So I think the way it's impacted me is I've seen there's a real, real need for these entrepreneurial skills within industry and, and I mean all of industry I'm, I'm not just saying those who want to do startup um, you know I think as we prepare for a future where all of us need to be more flexible we need to uh, prepare for a pretty unpredictable career um, we need to start developing this entrepreneurial mindset which is looking kind of 360 all the time all around us not in a anxious way but in a way where we're looking for opportunities wherever they might come from you know with a very open mind um, you know look at most entrepreneurs one day they'll be working in media the next I'm just talking about myself here uh, plastics and then you know business consultancy then education technology you know when wherever the opportunities come from you need to be ready for them and I think TikTok is part of that it's sort of saying ah what else about myself Am I excited about? What else about my passions can I get involved in? And I, and I think that's really good for helping people to explore that. Uh, but on top of that, we need to in equip people and also enable people. I think that's a big word, kind of make people feel confident. And you use the word failure there, a fear of failure. And, and I think that is one of the real cause there is that our employment system really penalises failure. 
And it says you really need to be, be successful at every step of your life. And any failure is a huge step back. But the entrepreneur, an entrepreneur looks at that totally differently. It says every time you have a failure, you've learned something and you're better prepared for whatever you do next. And I think those that shift in thinking is now, you know, hit the mainstream. We have to be thinking that way. That is not an option anymore. Um, you know, so for Exeter, for example, I'm a program leader for uh, something called the With Proficiency in Entrepreneurship Pathway. Um, so this is a pathway that's open to all undergraduate students. And we have history students, law, philosophy, business, you name it, students from all across. And we've grown it in two years from zero students to 1500 students we had this year. Um, and what it's doing is if, if you take a number of the modules on the pathway, you can add with proficiency in entrepreneurship to your degree title. And increasingly, students from every background are really interested in this. In fact, some of those students from backgrounds you wouldn't expect to be interested in that title are the best students because they are coming up with these really amazing ways to change and, and revolutionise their industries. And it's so exciting to watch what students are actually doing with that title. And I'd say that's, that's where it's all taken me in my education journey. So for students interested in entrepreneurship, considering taking one of your modules, you know, what, what would your advice be to them? I would say absolutely. Um, do it. Have a look. Have a listen. Come and explore it. it, it it's, very much, um, it's very much about self-exploration. It's about learning yourself. Um, you know, a, a good entrepreneur needs to understand themselves and they need to understand other people. So a lot of the time is spent sort of saying, you know, what are your strengths and weaknesses? And that's okay, <laughs> whatever they are. Uh, and why do you want what you want? That's another thing. You know, if, if you're going to be self-directed in your life, you need to know where your, what your success criteria is. What are your goals? Are they good goals? You know, because society gives us these goals, but most of them are dreadful. <laughs> they don't make us happy at all. You know, we've, studies have shown that over a certain amount of money, about sort of £46,000 income, there is no measurable increase in happiness. So these huge social goals that we're given, they really need analysing. And, and most of the time we're made happy by the, the, the relationships we have and the, the feeling of impact on those around us. And that's what an entrepreneur should be. Someone who sees a way to have an impact, you know, for good, hopefully. Because that, that makes you feel... Uh, you know, so much better than than just sort of being a robot in an office block. I, absolutely, we need some people doing that. But, you know, I see the future of people actually caring about the impact that they personally are having. And, and I'm quite excited about that future. Thank you very much for your time this afternoon, Raphael. Definitely inspired me to become a, a TikToker, <laughs> uh, start my own TikTok startup. So uh, <laughs> thank you. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. I think um, one one thing I would just say is that I think one of the reasons I'm so passionate about entrepreneurship is that it brings hope. You know, I think a lot of people are feeling very scared at the moment. Um, you know, what is the future going to hold? How am I going to get a job? How What are the jobs even going to look like in the future? And the kind of the traditional view of, of, of our future of work, if you like, is quite scary because that is gone. That, that way of working is gone. But as if you have an entrepreneurial mindset and if you think in the way of an entrepreneur, you can get more excited. You can say, OK, I don't know what my career is going to be like, but I'm going to make sure I enjoy it. I'm going to make sure it does something that matters. And as a society, we're increasingly aware of the something called the triple bottom line, which is economic needs. 
But then we also know about social needs and environmental needs. And an entrepreneur who focuses on all three equally is going to produce some really important impact and value into the future. And I think if we can find those solutions we need as a globe and as a society and make the changes that we need to, and if we can do it together, then we can also be fulfilled and have good well-being while we're we're doing it. And it sounds like a grand claim for entrepreneurship, but I've lived it and I see my students doing it and uh, I'm really hopeful about what post-COVID and the future, and even after TikToks, I'm sure there'll be a replacement to TikTok soon. Um, But hopefully that will also have some positive uses too. I think entrepreneurship is the way forward. (laughs) Yeah, well, I totally agree. (laughs) Thank you. You're very welcome.